Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. If I was to ask you a question, freedom is, I wonder for a moment, here, play a game with me for, for a moment. Would you, would you close your eyes? Would you close your eyes if you're online today? Just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to picture something. I want you to picture your picture of freedom. Picture freedom. I don't know what that is, but picture freedom just for a second, just for a second. Okay, open your eyes. I wonder how many of you pictured the ultimate vacation. I wonder how many of you was like, it was all inclusive. It was on a beach somewhere. I wonder how many of you maybe pictured even a marriage moment or something like that, like the, the moment you're getting married. I wonder how many of you pictured freedom from a relationship. <laughs> I do, I, I wonder. Maybe that was you. I'm not sure. I hope it wasn't. Uh, maybe some of you pictured like life in college. When you were in college, you kind of viewed life as that was kind of the time where you're hanging out with all your buddies and all your friends. And maybe when you get the house, ever thought about that? When I get the house, right, I'll be free. I'll be free. And um, maybe like financial freedom or maybe freedom from worrying. Maybe you've just been stressed. Maybe you see yourself as a business guy or maybe it's just been a dark time for you and you need to see yourself free of worrying. Maybe it's like, I see mask freedom. Anyone see mask freedom? Just like, yeah, just, how many of you, you, you walk out of the store and you're just like, oh, just, just, you're just ticked about it. Others of you, you just enjoy it. And you just walk around and enjoy it. Anyway, I won't go there. Um, but here's what I found, depending on your age, depending on your stage of life, your current struggle, your health struggle or condition, your, your financial employment, your level of tiredness, any parents in the house, right? Your level of happiness, freedom always, it actually looks different to all of us. It looks different. Here's what I know though about the human heart is that freedom is often what we so desire on the inside. But I wanna suggest this to you today, that freedom, in a lot of ways, it's elusive. It's elusive because it's often a picture of some distant place, isn't it? It's somewhere, it's someday. Remember when you were in high school or middle school, and there was pictures that you had of freedom. Like I remember when I was 10, there were certain movies I couldn't watch. And so as, as my parents would go, no, don't watch that movie. I'm like, I can't wait until I can watch whatever movie I want. <laughs> and then maybe your parents limited what you would eat. Like I can't wait to eat whatever I want. And how many of you found that that actually didn't bring the freedom you thought it would? Like seven bowls of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Feels amazing in the moment, doesn't it? Until later you're like, I, I feel free, free to throw up, free, free to feel like garbage. Isn't that a, interesting? I remember high school and you're like, man, I can't wait till high school's over. I can't wait because you'd show up at 8.30 and they'd dismiss you at 3.05. 
And you'd play with your friends for about 40 minutes of that. And you'd have another snack break for 15 minutes. And you'd walk around from class to class and you'd be burdened by school. And then they'd give you 10 weeks off in the summer and a week here and a week here and a week here. You're like, I can't wait until I'm free. Really? Because I haven't found a job that says, listen, come in at 8.30, finish at 3.05. You got 10 weeks off in the summer. Here's another week and another week and another week. And then if you're sick, we'll give you more time off. I haven't found that job, have you? Then maybe you're like, oh, I can't be, where, I can't be, like when I get a house, oh, I'm gonna be free. I'm gonna be free to fix the basement. I'm going to be free to fix the roof. I'm going to be free to pay my taxes. And you signed, and and don't get me wrong, there's a massive level of freedom with your own house. But how many know that for some reason, some weird reason, you bought the house, but the bank thinks it's his. And so for the next 20 to 30 years, you actually have to pay that mortgage monthly or he's going to kick you out. Look how free I am. And, uh, like free to fix stuff. Recently, my retaining wall fell over, just fell over. And now I find out I'm free to spend $5,000 on something that I don't wanna spend $5,000 on, right? I mean, $5,000, that's, that's, like, that's like a vacation. But I gotta spend it on rocks. <laughs> I'd much rather spend it on a big, big thing of rocks than go on vacation. Some of you are like, I can't wait to retire. I can't wait. And then you're going to find out when you retire, your knees don't feel like they used to. And your back don't feel like they used to. And your wrinkles, they definitely don't look like they used to. And it seems like freedom is this elusive thing out there somewhere, doesn't it? I can't wait to be free. Freedom is elusive. Let's jump into a passage of Scripture, drive into, dive into a biblical character today that was born at a time where there was massive oppression. He is born 390 years into the children of Israel's slavery. I'm talking about Moses. And Moses is born at a time when Pharaoh basically rules the day. And so much so that Pharaoh has given an edict that even when young baby boys are to to be born, they are to be killed. And so his parents literally float him down the Nile. and, And luckily, Pharaoh's daughter picks him up by God's plan and God's design. And then he lives the rest of his 40 years as a free Egyptian, even though he's a Hebrew. And then one day out of passion, he literally kills a man and now he's no longer free to go back to his homeland, really Egypt, for the next 40 years of his life. And he's wandering around, he's married, he's got, he's got sheep and he's really not free. And then we pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3. Verse four, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, the burning bush experience, that famous moment where the bush is burning and, and, and he sees that it does not burn up. And the Bible says, Moses, Moses, and he says, here I am. He says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place you are standing. It's holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father. 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now watch God's response. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. Watch that God is the God who sees. Someone say, He sees me. He has seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am, watch this now, this is so good. He says, I am deeply concerned. I am concerned about what's going on. They're suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Freedom is elusive, isn't it? But freedom is also promised. Freedom is elusive, but freedom is promised by God. Not just this random promise, but from a God who cares, a God who sees, a God who is concerned that sometimes when you don't think God is working on your behalf, actually before Moses showed up, God was working on his behalf and Egypt's behalf. And when God didn't see it, when he's wandering around in a wilderness for 40 years, guess what? God still saw him. God was still watching. God heard the cries. God heard the prayers. God was concerned in the suffering and the heartache of His people. What I love about God is that God will sometimes tell you and me a sterner word like, suck it up. Now, that's Anthony's translation for be courageous, be strong, be steadfast. How many of you need to hear from time to time, suck it up? Come on, slap the person next to you if you're comfortable and just go, you know what, suck it up, big boy. Suck it up, big girl. Actually, don't say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, toughen up, yeah. Toughen up. Slap and say, toughen up, gorgeous. (laughs) Toughen up. See, God sees, but here's what's interesting is that God says sometimes suck it up, but I want you to notice that God actually cares, that He truly cares. And what He shows up to the nation of Israel, He shows up and His first message to Moses that Moses was really gonna preach was, hey, I've seen your suffering and I care. Do you know that psychologists tell us this? A guy by the name of Dr. Robbie Sonderegger is a pastor, he's a leader, he is a clinical psychologist. He actually says this, that taking people from tragedy into triumph, scientists have now proven and say there is a six-step process. And guess what? The first step process is to actually not just believe in God, because Just believing in God isn't enough. He says it's to believe in a God who cares. This is scientific psychology. They have literally said, if someone believes not just God is, but God cares, that is a path to help and to wholeness. And I just wanna tell every single person today that though it sometimes seems that God can be distant, God is close, God cares, God loves you, God wants you free. It is His promise for your life. Come on, can I get an amen? God cares, God sees. Genesis 16 verse seven, the Bible says this, the angel of the Lord 
found Hagar. Hagar is the mistress or the servant of Sarai beside a spring of water. She has mistreated Hagar She, because Hagar was doing something which is naughty. Hagar was literally making fun of her that you can't have babies. And guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm literally carrying your husband's child. And there was this rivalry between women, which I don't think has ever happened since then. But there was this rivalry and there was this competition factor with Hagar and Sarai and Sarai mistreats her. And Hagar's like, man, this isn't fair. Put the screen on guys. Stop taking away with my scripture verse. And the Bible says this, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. Verse eight, the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? She's like, I'm running from my mistress, Sarai. Verse nine, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, and I will give you more descendants than you can count. It's kind of a suck it up moment. It's like, go back to the place. But how many of you know that Hagar would have been like, listen, why don't you just fix it? But God sends her back to the same place that she was, but gives her a promise in that place. And I've often found that God will leave you in your current situation, but give you a promise in that workplace or give you a promise in that family or give you a promise in your business or give you a promise in a relationship that seems to be barren. Let God give you a promise. Are you with me? Now here's, here's what Hagar says, verse 13. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that the well was named, and it, I'm not even gonna say it because it's just gonna mess with my anointing. <laughs> well of the living one who sees me. Well of the living one who sees me. I just wanna tell you today, God sees you. Right, God sees the struggle sometimes. How many of you know the struggle's real sometimes? Sometimes you're like, oh, blessed and highly favoured. And then it's kind of the Instagram post, but between the one in, good Instagram post and the other Instagram post, sometimes the struggle is real. Right, and that's just the truth. But I just wanna tell you and remind you again today that God sees. God sees, God cares, God is concerned. You might, well, why didn't He fix it? One day you'll know. One day you will know. Now we see, but, a, but in part, then we shall know fully, even we as fully known. One day it'll be absolutely clear. It's like Joseph, like Joseph God. He's like, why didn't you fix it? He's like, I am fixing it. But I'm fixing a nation while you're worried about yourself. Sometimes God is, is trying to not bypass you, but He's allowing you to feel some pain on the inside so that you actually have some concern and care for others. Haven't you noticed that sometimes your greatest successful moments can be your most arrogant moments? But when you go through some pain and through some difficulty, listen, I would not desire for anyone to have certain things happen to them, but now all of a sudden they have compassion where they never would have had compassion before. And they care about people where they never would have cared about people before. And sometimes it is in our pain. God has not caused these pains. But hear me now, in the pain will make you a compassionate person. In the pain sometimes of, of your own family dysfunction will make you passionate about helping other people. 
your own addictions, your own financial mess, your own mental health. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, now I have a passion to help other people. Freedom is elusive though, isn't it? Freedom is promised. I want to sit on this for a bit. Freedom is a fight. Freedom is a fight. You'll hear Marines say this. You'll see army people say this. You'll hear it sometimes around those kind of holidays where we elevate, obviously, kind of those who've served in the military and they'll say, freedom isn't free, baby. Freedom is a fight. Let me say this today. Or What you worship will either destroy you or restore you. See, what happened when Moses is sent to Egypt, guess what? God was trying to set the people free. But who enslaved them? Pharaoh did. And what's interesting is there is this battle royale now between God and Pharaoh and Moses and Pharaoh. And there is this fight. And time and time again, God shows up and does wonders. And God shows up and does wonders. And it was kind of like Pharaoh had his, had his hands around Egypt. And it was like one finger at a time, he kind of lets go. And one finger at a time, he lets go. And finally, by about Finger four or five, which was the plagues, he finally is beginning to release some things over their life. Now watch this now. Exodus chapter eight says this. And the Lord did this. Dense swarms of flies poured into Pharaoh's palace and into the house of his officials throughout Egypt. The land was ruined by the flies. Verse 25, then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God. Watch this now here in the land. What was God's instruction to Moses? They were to leave on a three-day journey and they were to go and they were to worship. And he says, listen, you can go, you can worship, but just, would you stay here? Isn't there a fight for your freedom? Isn't there a fight many times for when you come to Christ and you get around some people you used to get around and they're like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna go to church today. And they're like, why are you going to go to church? You can worship here. You can pray here. He's like, no, I'm called to go worship. I'm called to go to the house of God. I'm called to go there. Why? I don't know all the instructions why, but here's what I know. It is a battle for your freedom. It is a battle many times for your freedom. You hear someone say this, listen, you don't need to go to church regularly. You just need to go occasionally. See, it's not, that Pharaoh's speaking through them, but maybe Pharaoh's speaking through them. Let me say this again, because you missed it. It's not that Pharaoh, Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Pharaoh is a picture of the enemy. Pharaoh is a controlling, ruling Lord that desires above all else worship, control and power. And here's the thing, God is setting them free, but He gives up one finger at a time. And here's what's interesting I found with you and I found with me, that people, we get free, and then for some reason we go back. No, you've never gone back, but I know some other people have gone back. You've never moved forward in God and then gone backwards in God? (laughs) Are you sure? Sometimes the Christians that I see the longest who've been Christians 20 years and they served and they served in another church. Like, oh, I did everything in the other church. And then they come to this church. And like, oh, I just need to sit for the next eight years. 
Take a season off. But when does the season begin when you begin to serve God again? See, Pharaoh was after control. Someone say control. See, the battle for your life is after your worship. The battle for your life for freedom is actually after what you worship. You're like, man, if I don't worship God, I won't worship anything else. Are you sure? You worship you, you worship money, you worship pleasure, you worship everything else. Come on, are you hearing me today? Hebrews 10, 26 says this, let us hold unswervingly, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for He who promised is faithful. Goes on to say, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I want you to ask yourself a question next time you come to church. Who did I encourage? Not did I come, not did I attend, but man, what would happen in this house if everyone came to encourage someone? Right, you're like, hey, I did the songs, I did the sermon, I ran out. It's good, I understand it. But can we just move to the point where we go, man, who did I encourage? Who did I, who did I really worship? Who did I worship with my singing? Who did I worship with my giving? Who did I encourage? Because if you don't encourage someone, eventually church becomes a consumeristic service. They're like, Pastor, he wasn't very good today. Oh, the worship, you know, most of the times they have it, but today I can tell they were missing it. And you'll critique instead of come to worship. Did you come to worship or did you come for? Now, don't get me wrong. Again, service is a service to people. It helps people. It lifts people. It builds people. It teaches people. But eventually it has to challenge your thinking so that you don't run in and run out. You don't consume a service, but you are part of the house of God. You are part of the church of the living God. You are part. You're an encourager. If you didn't show up, seven people wouldn't have got encouraged. Let me show you how to make church amazing. Come to the house of God to worship. Come to the house of God to encourage. Come to the house of God to give an offering while you're partnering together with the house of God. I'm preaching. Are you receiving this? Exodus chapter nine says this. Moses answered, we will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and herds, because we are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh said, the Lord be with you. Watch this now, quite spiritual language. The Lord be with you. Greetings and salutations. Watch this now. He says, though, if I let you go, this is another chapter later, along with your women and your children, clearly you are bent on evil. If you bring your wives to church, you're bent on evil. That's what he's saying. It's crazy. No, have only the men go. And worship the Lord since that's what you have been asking for. Notice he lets them go to worship, but now you can go. But by the way, men, don't worry about your women. Don't worry about your kids. Why is there a fight for your family to serve God? Why is there a fight? Why does it feel like, you're like, why am I fighting for my family to serve God? Because there is a real devil. There is a Pharaoh, there is someone and something that truly wants to stop you. But I love what Moses does. He literally refuses to give up. 
not just the place where He would go, He refuses. He says, no, 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 my wives, our children, they're coming with me. My family, as for me and my house, will serve the Lord. How many of you need to believe God for your cousins, for your uncles, for your aunties, for your mums, for your dads, for your children to be serving in the house of God? There's a battle many times for it. God wants you and me free, but He doesn't want to stop at your freedom. God does not want to stop at your freedom. Thank God you're in the house of God. But man, keep believing God that God will show up. God will speak to your wife. God will speak to your kids. Maybe a lady in here like, okay, my husband doesn't come. Believe God. Listen, don't nag him to church. Pray him to church. Listen, love him to church. Really, I... Because sometimes I've met some people and they're like, hey, pastor, this is my husband. You know, he doesn't come much and uh, he really needs that transform group you're talking about. I'm like, on the inside, I'm like, don't ever say that. Why? Men will rise to the level of their praise, but men will stoop to the level of the criticism that you give them. If you tell him he's a useless man, he will become it. He has, it will be easier for him to become an irresponsible, watch TV, sit on the couch, just sit there drinking beer and popcorn every night for the rest of his life. I mean, that's easy. Sitting around binging on Netflix is easy. Maybe you cancel Netflix like a lot of other people, but I'm just talking to you today. Listen, that's easy. That's easy. That's easy for a guy to do. It's easy for a woman to do. But but you're like, baby, I'm glad I married you. You're looking better with age. Sometimes you have to fib a little. <laughs> the Bible says this in verse 24. Moses refused. He says, no, the, the men, the women... The children, they're all coming. And here's what's interesting. The next thing that Pharaoh asks is, he says this, Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and says, Go worship the Lord. Even your women and children may go with you. Watch this now. Only leave your flocks and herds behind. What? So that you're to go, but you're to be broke when you go. You're to have nothing when you go. Here's what I found so interesting about God is God doesn't apologize for asking you to bring your hawks, your hawks. There is no such thing as hawks, but flocks and your herds. He, he, he doesn't apologize for saying no. When you come bring your family and when you come bring your finances, here's why he says that, because you're either gonna worship Pharaoh with them or you're gonna worship me with them. He says, I need you to come out. And here's what Moses does. He says, no, all of this must come. And there is a fight for your freedom. And one of the biggest fights that you and I face is in the area of our finances. Cause you're like, wait, wait, can I really give this to God? If you don't give it to God, you're giving it to Pharaoh. Oh, it got quiet. Oh, what are you talking about? Why does God ask him to bring the herds so that they could worship? Because if I don't worship Jesus with my money, I'll worship everything else with my money. I'll worship, I'll worship retirement with my money. Am I preaching to anyone today? Why is freedom so elusive? 
Why is it so like off there in the distance? It's elusive because many times we picture the wrong level of freedom. But God says this, I promise you freedom because I care for you and I love you. But here's this, I just want us to sit on this thought for a second. What's stopping you finding true freedom? What's stopping you finding true freedom? Ask the Holy Spirit as you leave church, as you think about it this week, what's stopping you? What are you leaving in Egypt, which really you need to bring as you worship God? What's stopping you from finding full, authentic freedom that would stop you and me following Jesus? Because that question, you gotta understand this, that life as a Christian It's not a moment we receive Jesus, it's a path we walk. It's a path, it's a path. So here's what I've always found. Your next step of freedom is a step. That's why I believe one of the messages simply of this church is, keep growing, keep growing. Don't get stuck, don't get stuck, don't get stuck. Keep growing, keep moving forward. Love you where you are, but keep moving forward. Love you where you are, keep moving forward. God shows up and says, listen, I care for you, but I am moving you forward. I am moving you out of the control of Pharaoh, the enemy. I'm moving you out and I want you free. I want your heart and your mind free. And here's the truth. Many times we picture freedom as this moment where we are free of responsibility. Hear this now. I'm free of all responsibility. Doesn't that sound, just sit on that for a second. I'm running out of time, but sit on this for a second. I'm free of responsibility. (laughs) You know, if you just didn't have a job anymore, you know, if you just won the lottery, if you just, if you just, I'm free of responsibility. (laughs) If you just didn't have the business, if you didn't have the company, if you didn't have the drama, if you didn't have this, if you didn't, ah, you're like, I'm free. I'm free. What's interesting is Moses was called, watch this now, to massive responsibility so that he would set others free. He was called, here's what's easier for Moses, shepherd sheep, man. He had to shepherd three million people. He had to be a president of a nation was what he was called to. How many know that's not easy? So sometimes our picture of freedom is completely wrong. We think it's free of responsibility, but I believe it's free to become exactly who God has called you to become. I truly believe that freedom is embracing all that God wants you to become. And that means many times sacrificing your freedoms so that others might be free. Let me close this. When Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, He literally does not want the responsibility of what His next assignment is. It is the cross that is before Him. He doesn't want His responsibility. But how many thank God He took on His responsibility? See, freedom, freedom is following God with all you are, taking on what He says you're meant to take on so that others might get free. See, there is a fight for freedom. There is a fight for freedom. Leading this church has not been easy, but it actually frees me on the inside 
over the years and weirdly God keeps giving more responsibility. I'm like, Lord, I'm not sure I want it. But God's assignment for Moses was three million people. Don't run from responsibility. That's the path to actually greatness. That's the path of freedom. Because it's actually the path where you and I follow Jesus the most. Are you with me? Come on, close your eyes all across this place. Father, I thank You so much for Your grace and Your mercy. Holy Spirit, I pray for every life, every, every mother here, every father here, every, every single person. God, every person within the sound of my voice, those online watching right now, Holy Spirit, I pray You'd meet them where they need it. Speak to them where they need it. God, I pray for many that would be even running from responsibility instead of running to it. I pray that You would speak to them where they need it. I pray, Lord God, where we're kind of toying with Pharaoh and, 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 and bartering with him instead of running out of the land and getting completely free. I pray that You would free Your people. I pray that this series would be an incredible blessing to them. I pray that it would find new levels of freedom by Your power and by Your grace and by Your truth. I pray things that they are running from, confrontation, things of, of besetting things that would hold them back. I pray that they would, they would deal with it in Jesus' Name and we would deal with it as a church. Issues of unforgiveness, issues of fear. Free your people. Free them, I pray. While eyes are closed, such an important time. You may be here today and you say, Anthony, I, I don't know if I know God, but I understand today that He cares for me. And I want that freedom you're talking about. I don't have it. I don't know Christ, or maybe at one time I truly did, but I've run away and I just allowed Pharaoh to dictate my life. Now I realise it doesn't give me the freedom that I, that I so desire. We're gonna pray a simple prayer and that prayer will connect you to a person. Come on, pray with me. Say, Jesus, thank You for caring for me. Thank You for loving me. I ask You, Forgive my sin. Forgive me for believing lies. Set me free in every area of my life, my mind and heart. I give you my life, Jesus. Take me from where I am to where I need to be. In every area of life, in Jesus' Name. While eyes are closed, my head's bowed. All across this place, if you prayed that prayer with me today, would you raise your hand, raise up high. Say, Anthony, that was me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome today. High enough, long enough for me to see. Thanks, sweetheart. That's awesome today. Thanks, big guy. That's awesome today. You can put your hand down now. Father, I thank You for every single person online watching. Lord, would You minister life and strength to them in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you receive God's Word, we'd give them a huge hand. Amen. That's awesome. Oh, it's so incredible when we see people saying yes.
to freedom in Jesus. So hey, if you made that decision, if you raised your hand and said, yes, I want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we have a gift for you. And as you walk out today at our Next Steps counter, you can pick up this book, Following Jesus. It's free to you. If you're online and you decided to place your faith and give your life to Christ, you can go ahead and text CONNECT7 to 97000 and we will mail one of these to you as well. Actually, every single person gets a gift today in church as you walk out as a way to celebrate. Welcome back to Church Sunday. There are cupcakes, individual COVID-free cupcakes available for you. I wish I could say calorie-free, but uh, you know, sometimes you need the extra ones just to enjoy a little bit. But right as you leave today, you can pick up a cupcake as a way to say we're so grateful and so happy to be worshiping with you all again together in church. Don't forget to text uh, on Tuesday to register for your seat because of inside restrictions. We love you. We're praying for you. And we'll see you guys back next week. Have a wonderful day, guys.